All right, guys. Uh, I got some taglines for you. You ready? Okay. First one. Attila the Hun, Ivan the Terrible, Al Capone. They were all seven once. That's one. <laughs> this was on a poster or on the DVD or something. Um, second one. He's so bad, even the nuns refuse to keep him. Yeah, that's that's that, that that's pretty accurate for this entire movie uh, with a budget of 10 million, a gross of 72.2 million, one attack by a puppet cat, two scenes of human urination, one bear attack, one profanity laden parrot, one pinata full of pickles, one exploding birthday cake, one murderous rapist in a kid's movie, one scene of adultery in a kid's movie, three scenes of assault, one man's bare ass, two car stunts, and one title theme song with a 5.5 on IMDb, a 27 on Metacritic, and a whopping 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 1990s Problem Child. Let's drop some bombs. Welcome to Bonds Away, the only podcast recorded inside a projection booth. I'm Jonathan Young. Joining me not in the studio today, unfortunately, is Jarrett. He has taken a little sabbatical for the week. So I am joined with two of my very good friends from the Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast titled We Are Not Afraid of the Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Adam and Ben Durham. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining this. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to start out with uh, talking about, because we have similar shows. Yes. Okay. Uh, what what their podcast seems to do, and I want to dig into it with you guys um, to really to really show people that it, it's like, if you enjoy nostalgia and you enjoy um, just, just tearing apart things that you might have thought were good, but <laughs> at times seem to be a little rough around the edges. Uh, hop right over to this show. Uh, so what what was your inspiration for this show? I've enjoyed podcasts for years. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to do a podcast where I was by myself. And I was looking for some people. And I'm like, uh, let's see what Ben's doing right now. <laughs> and it was narrowed down. It's supposed to be another show that we picked at first. What think, was that one? I think it was Married with Children. Okay. But see... I can't. Yeah, I can't remember why we we didn't do that one. Because I, I, I don't know if it was. It might have been Married with Children, but I think it was something else. And I don't remember. Like I remember certain ones, but I, I, you know, you said it was what two hundred episodes. Of it Married was on with for Children. Ten, it was on for ten yeah, years. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's up there. So I, I can maybe name off like four or five. I mean, he clearly makes fun of fat chicks, like all this other shit. You know, he's always got his hand in his pants. That shit you remember, you know? 
him always having porn around. But as for like memories of Married with Children, I didn't have it. Right. And my, my other thing was I didn't want to do a show that has multiple other podcasts. As, as far as I know, we're maybe one of five that have had non are you afraid of the dark? And ours is different. For the fact that one, Ben's fucked up on alcohol most of the fucking shows. Uh yeah. And two, well, so are we. we I mean yeah, like, we, we're continuously. Yeah, he's, he's getting twisted team right now. That's that's that, they need you. to be a sponsor, by the way, on our show. <laughs> we tried pitching that. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll tag with a few more yeah, times. I'm sure they were right on board. They're um, like, oh, yeah, drinking on a kid's show. I'll tell you what. Uh, the the bottles, they have pictures of uh, people with Twisted Tea. Maybe we can get on one of the bottles of us podcasting. Yeah, it's not And just idea. have a fucking just, just a whole right table here. full. And the other thing is, we, we're not going family-friendly with this show either. Like We're dissecting everything. Oh, no. ben, ben has this thing where he's trying to find out what actors from Are You For Dark have appeared nude, so we're looking up Mr. Skin and pornography most of the damn show. It's, it's, it's quality entertainment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, if you guys out there are listening and you have any sense of nostalgia for Are You Afraid of the Dark or Nickelodeon uh, or just anything with that time frame, especially, like, if you're listening to this episode uh, with Problem Child, it's in that same realm. It's, yeah, like, within the same... Yeah, in the same <clears throat> year. So, I... I just uh, did two episodes with them, uh, and I totally recommend it. Where can you find the show? We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker. Okay. All right. So basically, if you're on iTunes, anywhere that you can find a podcast is more than likely you're going to be able to find it because they um, most podcasts pulls from the RSS. So yeah, and we do that's have awesome. A, we do have a Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash we're not afraid of the dark, no apostrophe. Yeah. And I totally recommend it. Um, I did. I just did two with their guys. Oh my god, they were freaking ridiculous. Uh, we just uh, anybody who remembers anything from season two, it was uh, the magician's assistant. And I also did um, old man, old Cor- man Corcoran, Corcoran. Uh, and they're just absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you you, uh, you guys hit hit the nail on the head with the title of your show because like. It was yeah, bad. We're they're, not afraid of the bad. dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so going in that to that nineties nostalgia um, is today's episode, and this was this was your guys' pick. This was, I mean, this is on my list of things to do. Yeah, well, I remember a few months ago we were supposed to do three that you gave to us. I remember right. one was Wild West, which I never saw before. Right. The other one was uh, White Twi- Chicks, Twilight. Yeah, and Twilight. And I'm like, uh, I mean. These don't do it for me. I was actually surprised to pick this damn movie because I like this movie. Yeah. And I remember watching it a lot. This was Ben's choice last yeah. night. He he gave me the list. I he, gave him the whole list this he time. He gave me the list, and I was about to pick Three Ninjas, but I feel like I knew, like, I watched Three I, Ninjas. I need to see this fucking list, by the way. Do you have it handy right now? <laughs> I do. I mean... All right, well, just, well, here's the thing. I, I got a list for you. Okay. Because, uh, again, John got on me before for picking two obscure films and, and sure, TV sure. shows and things like to that. Be, to I, be I'm, fair, Adam, you do like to <laughs> you do like to push the boundaries when yeah. it comes to every fucking thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh I mean I can say because I'm your goddamn brother. Uh you let you you do like controversy. You love that shit. And I sometimes I have to tone you down. <laughs> okay, well I want to see if these five films are on your list. Okay, okay. The first one is one that I liked when I was like 10 years old. 
I thought it was funny. I watched it a few years ago. I thought it was funny also, but it gets a lot of rips. I haven't seen too many people review it, and that's House Guest with Sinbad. Um, I will check right now. Checking for House Guest. Uh, beep, boop, boop. And it's not on here, but it should be on here. <laughs> yeah, no, on. I know. I know exactly. Okay, I'm putting it on. Uh, now, there the you ne- go. The next film I know you don't know because I showed you, and that's Axum. That no obscure horror yeah. film. No, this looks hilarious. Yeah. Was this ninety two, but made in eighty eight? Uh, you said. Yeah, it goes. Uh, it had an odd release in Baltimore. Uh, it was featured on Cinema Style a few years ago. That's how I found out about Those... it. But it, it's terrible. Hookman 2's kills were better than Axum. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, me and my brother will... and John made a horror film called Hookman Two. Please check that out as well. It's on YouTube. You that... can hear that whole story about Hookman and how it came to be on, on... our page. Yes, yes, on your your podcast. So. Uh, if those of you are interested in a little bit more of like, not that I don't already share it enough on the show, but if you're interested in a little bit more of my past life, um, check out the uh, Magician's Assistant episode, because that's where we go into detail of how uh, me and Adam and Ben here made our own bad movie that somehow hasn't made it on the show yet <laughs> this yeah. is the first time i've the, talked yeah, about I, it i don't was as well <laughs> that, that number six. here's my next film okay i remember this being on disney channel back in the 80s okay it seemed to be popular at the time but no i one think i know anymore. what you're gonna just what is brink it? mr boogity no okay because boogity's ta- on the list yeah i've never talked about that before <laughs> okay this one's not quite human with jay underwood yes Yep. That's on the list. And still okay. not quite human. And the third yeah. one. They're uh, well, all on this list. I don't remember seeing yeah. the third one. I, I remember seeing the sequel, I, though. I had each one. My mom taped them on the <laughs> Disney Channel as they came out. Right. I don't know if they even got an official VHS release, though. I can't remember when last, last time I saw it. It would yeah. have been a long time ago. We're a strange bootleg online. Yeah. All right. The next film, yeah, Ben hit the nail on the head with being controversial because it's actually the movie on the movie poster behind you, that Serbian film. Yeah, no, I, he's not going to watch that. I, I, you tried to get us to watch this so uh-huh. that we could add, insert scenes into our own movie, and I was like, Oh yeah, um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I, <laughs> I, I stepped in on that one too. <laughs> okay, now this next one is easily the most obscure. Minus Axum. It's it's on two different sides of the okay, spectrum. No, okay. it's a children's film, I think. Okay. I have it on DVD somewhere. I hope it's worth a lot of money because this film is really rare. And that's Munchie Strikes Back. Um, I have Munchies. Is it the sequel? Yeah, it's a sequel. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just add it to the list. I really already have Munchies okay. on here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so you're you're in that realm. And and this is uh, before we do- dove into uh, Problem Child. I did want to ask. Uh, what was what was your guys' experience with like VHS going to the store? I know you um tell 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 me a little bit of uh, honestly where you guys live, where you come from, compared to like big city. You like, want to take this one, Adam? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay, being better from Christopher Maryland, there's less than three thousand residents here, mm-hmm. located on Chesapeake Bay, near Atlantic Ocean, Maryland. I remember my parents had a VHS. VCR back in like 87, mm-hmm. 88. And before that, they were actually working a lot of households. You would see them like one, one every 10 or 20 you went to, and they're big, heavy. Oh, yeah. But then they, they kind of blew up in the late 80s around this area. That's where we had the video stores. I remember going to video stores all the time, at least once a week until about the late 90s. Yeah. Well, we had uh, we had at least three uh video rental places in this small yeah, small town. town 
Oh. I still have one left. I'm, I'm surprised. <clears throat> Is it the same one I went to yeah. like 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, no. See More Movies wasn't there. Yeah, I remember it wasn't there back we then. Had, See More Movies. <laughs> we had J&J Video. We had Video Joes. And then we had Vision Video. Is that what it was? Yeah. It, we're, uh, where Milano's is, Cafe Milano. Yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> so <laughs> all I remember is it was like some Oriental woman ran that place. And then you had like, <laughs> you, you had your stereotypical beaded room, you know? With, oh, with the, with the porn? Yeah. <laughs> J&J video had hey, the same you thing. Hey, you love me wine. You love me wine. Well, here's another thing for you, John. And I don't think many people can say this. I never went into a blockbuster until I was about 17 years old. Really? We, yeah, we didn't have them right here. Wow. Okay. Like well, there was a video Joe. Not a video Joe's. That's there not was a major. Hollywood video at uh Yeah, but that's well, the count. That's that's not a, like a major retailer. No, Hollywood well, video was their made competition for Blockbuster. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. 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 I worked mm-hmm. for Game Crazy, which was That's their uh, game subsidiary. Yeah. That's yeah, like the GameStop of mm-hmm. fucking So well, so, so you guys <laughs> got the real VHS store like the mom and pop vhs store yeah. experience yeah, like, like yeah. i remember the first time i walked into a blockbuster i was amazed they had like 20 copies of a new release because we weren't used to seeing that the, the video store would have maybe two if we we're lucky yeah. right however i do remember the 555 five, five. uh, yeah well <laughs> we can always remember this from nowadays you can find anything you want streaming but oh, back, yeah. back then i mean there were straight to video releases and we got those on purpose for mostly horror films, because I remember vividly looking for the corniest movie I could find that was horror film, and if you went to a certain section of the video store, you could find that. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, there was, at that uh, Oriental one, <clears throat> I remember we, it was traumatizing for me at the time. I had watched Gremlins 1, I had watched Gremlins 2. Okay. And Completely and, different movies. Yeah. Well, me and mom went, you know, went to the movie, you know, like, went to the video store, and we found Critters 3. Oh, with DiCaprio? Critters, not Gremlins. Right. Yeah. So So you thought it was the I thought it was tr- Gremlins. End of the trilogy? <laughs> well, lo and behold. Like, man, they've changed. Uh, they're really violent now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. like, uh, holy fuck. This dude just ate this dude's hand off. You mm-hmm. know, like they usually they didn't share that in Gremlins. Oh, yeah, so. no. Uh, Critters, Critters was supposed to be on the show, but I recently rewatched one and two and was like, I, it's not funny. I love it. <laughs> I got no for it because I just watched this third yeah, day. Yeah. It's Goalies too. <clears throat> goalies, Goalies. Um, all four of them I think are on on my list. So. Yeah, there's a lot. I, Coolies 2 is my favorite though with the carnival. Anything with full moon entertainment or like Charles <laughs> Banner with it as well, you'll be good to go. Absolutely. So, um, the reason I asked this is because this movie pretty much rose to cult classic fame via VHS release. And it's uh, after that network television releases. Like that's where I remember it. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I was six years old when this film came out. So I don't remember it being at theaters. I no. vaguely remember hearing about problem child two being in theaters. I can remember like seeing the poster. However, John, I did, I did this because I'll wait for this at the end because I remember on the video VHS release of this film, yeah, the end scene where it says the end and he pops out and says number two is coming out. Oh, Do you really? That? Yeah. That oh, was... so it was definitely something that they tagged on to the VHS. Yeah, that, release that was in it. there. I, I remember yeah. that vividly because I never, I didn't see a movie where he breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to the audience that way. I mean, historically speaking, like 
uh, this movie was plagued with problems, a lot of script rewrites, um, and where the writers themselves were like embarrassed by the release of this. So there's no way that Universal doubled down and was like, can't wait for part two when they came to theaters. There's no way. So yeah, it's definitely the VHS. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't read that article that I found because this film was based on an article from the LA Times in 1988, which the writers of the film took as inspiration. Okay, and that is? Basically, a couple adopted a child and later sued the adoption agency because the kid was so demented. Here's an actual segment from this article. Sure, please. Even before the adoption was finalized, the couple said he killed his hamster and later mutilated the ear of the family dog. During the four years that Tommy lived with the koalas, they said he would repeatedly hallucinate, pray to Satan, set fires, sleepwalk, eat garbage, steal food, and hide through his bedroom. When he became upset, he would defecate in his pants and smear his <laughs> clothing, bedding, and the walls of his bedroom with feces. Hold on. Whoa, now, whoa. this article will be in the show notes. So, okay. yeah. So it, that's not, I'll go ahead and put it in there. That's not normal for a seven year old? No. Oh, here's a later story for you. Uh, he, got, he got put in a mental institution. Oh. They go visit him. They, they adopted because they're having uh, some fertility issues. They okay. had a kid, took him there, and then started getting death threats from the kid from the mental institution. I Okay, so... I mean, that seems fair. I'm curious about the validity of this story. Yeah, I know, right? No, I stammer all the time. I just... I don't know. Like, Part of me feels like this is about as accurate of a story as the Amityville story to me. Like, It just seems like there's too much where they were like really trying to sell it so they could give this kid back. The house exists. That's all you need. Yeah, right. Well, this kid is assumed to be alive still. Yeah, I should so find I, I, him. Yeah, and I'm wondering if he ever watched <laughs> Bring the Child show. and said, oh, shit. Because this was revealed, by the way, on Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. Yeah. The colossal one a, a few years Which ago. Which is interesting enough. Like, I didn't know Godfrey had a podcast. And I'm warning, I'm, I'm wondering, what did you, have you listened to it? What does that sound like? I, yeah, I listened to it just for, because I read is this. Is it something you need to listen to on, like, volume two? Like, yeah, really like, low. He, time. he does a lot of celebrity interviews and things like that. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's about sounds accurate. <laughs> I, I, now, just, like, I love how everything he there was ever in, like, it was never like, okay, well, go low on this one. Like, what? Iago, <laughs> low, I- Iago, <laughs> the fucking, you know, like. The agency worker on this, like it's all the same even, fucking voice. Even when he was and, on, he was on. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, the squares, uh, Hollywood squares. squares. Yeah. yeah, it's like pick me. Yeah. Oh, no, he's also on Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that we're gonna is get he to. really? Yeah, future season. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get him on. We gotta get Godfrey on. <laughs> Light, dark, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but his podcast guest has changed. Now, now a tidbit here. Uh, when they had the inspiration for this article, I, I, when I saw these things like praying to Satan and spinning sure. shit all the walls, I thought horror film definitely. Mm-hmm. They, they tried to make a horror film. They were going to go for like a parody of adult films, uh, uh, like parent, yeah, films. like The Exorcist or something. I read that part. Yeah, too. well, they're trying to do the, the parodies of all those family things. Like we had, look who's talking around this era. We had uh, Uncle Buck, 
We had uh, a, a lot of films where someone's getting a child out of nowhere. Right. What's, the, what's the one with Diane Keaton? That's, that is Baby Boom. Oh, that's right. And then they had parent. It's basically, they were trying, I did read this, is that they were trying to parody the type of films where cynical adults then melt their cold heart by the, the warmth of a child. And it just fails. Yeah. <laughs> it just. The heart, like, of, the heart of a child. Oh, yeah, I got that. And mother's care. Mother's ki- Mother's milk. <laughs> Miak. Miak. <laughs> thank you, thank you, <laughs> uh, thank you for bringing back the Ernest scared stupid uh, reference. Man, you guys that's... also did Ernest as a little bonus thing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll pick of the classics here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's let's dive right in. Um, so first off, this movie starts out with. Um, uh, the child narrating his own story, but like in a meta fourth wall breaking type of way where he's like, but we're uh, getting his thought pattern throughout the movie. As right. Well. Um, but it, it seems, it seems to not be consistent throughout the movie. I like, agree with that. What's that? I do. I do agree with that. It, 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 he, he does it a lot. And then as the movie gets going, it goes away. But then when I guess the writers felt like it was lacking at a joke, it would just come in out of nowhere and kind yeah well it's, it's it's like it would come in when like you know like someone slights him in the littlest way right and then you'll hear like his narration and uh yeah he, and then he's like well fuck this yeah fuck your presence you know like yeah it's just almost as if it's like we can't um we can't have him say that in the moment because um it would it would it would reveal how evil he is so he needs to say it in a voiceover instead right <laughs> but maybe it just didn't need to be said I, there's so many things in this movie that okay i'm just going to write out in the bat this movie to me was so mean spirited that's why it's fun but I, I don't know if that's I, true i will i will say <laughs> i guess it it does make a little bit more sense when like all right how old was this kid? Was he seven? He's seven. He's supposed he was, to be seven. Well, they he, say it in the film. Yeah, yeah, but how old is the the kid actor? Seven, eight. And, All right. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah. When he's doing this? I don't know. Because this is another thing. This child is... Creepy. Okay. Creepy, irritating, <laughs> grating on the ears. I'm junior. Yeah. Like, it's so... Well, here's here's my thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to defend it when I can. Of course. That's um, why you picked it. You, there's, a, there's a nostalgia feeling for it. Here's the thing. There's a reason why Ra- it's 4%. Then. Rather than him having to act, like, rather than relying on the child actors acting to portray how bad his, he is, his, his feelings and like, okay, you slighted me, so now I'm going to do this. They do the narration, so then even him acting weird on screen you're still gonna know okay he's pissed he's gonna do something right so so you're saying that's how it should have gone down i'm saying that's probably why they did what they did right that with the narrations here and there rather than relying on just the acting of this child actor mm-hmm. they went through a narration and you know in conjunction with that it's just but it, it it's a muddy mess like when it comes to the narration it's almost to the point where it's like you don't need it because this is a decent opening it really establishes who the child is when he keeps giving back my question is though like why wasn't it seems like 
somebody, his mother drops him off on somebody's doorstep in the rain. It's a mansion, yes. Right? And then they drop it off on somebody else. Like, why wasn't the orphanage the first choice? Yeah, that's what I thought. And like, I, didn't, I didn't think of that until I uh, saw it last night. Right? Like, <laughs> why the- are they continually dropping it off at just other people's random houses? Like, I love how it goes from a mansion to a fucking trailer park. Like... <laughs> Why well, I have a good question for you, John. How the hell did you not laugh out loud when the baby pisses in that woman's face? Uh, that was hilarious. I don't know. I don't usually find <laughs> urination jokes that I think funny. It's, it's, a ba- it's a newborn baby pursuing. I guess so. I just, okay, after you've seen Son of the Mask, okay. you will never... Thank you. I'm going to do it every time. They needed that. <laughs> I'm going to do it every gonna time. What, you're not going to share? <laughs> you want one? <laughs> yes, that would be nice. Um, you got a long drive? After you've seen Son of... Thanks. After you've seen Son of the Mask, <laughs> where it seems like um, the baby pisses multiple streams in the guy's face and then a giant like flood of of piss in the guy and Jamie Kennedy's face. Well actually it was very satisfying because fuck Jamie Kennedy. But um uh, he was okay in Melby's most wanted. And that's uh, the only thing I remember him. Yeah how about you know, Scream? Someone, someone, Scream's the only thing. All right. Someone else actually mentioned Malibus Most Wanted to be there tonight. So it's the second time in a week that someone mentions a uh, movie we all forgot about from the two thousands. Oh I never forgot. I I'll hold it against him. Okay. <laughs> So, um, no, I just, I, I never find urination in people's faces that fun. Like, if it was in real life, yeah. But in movies, so I'm like. So you laughed when R. Kelly did it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he remembers that right? shit. I'm bringing it back. Yeah, pissing in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I've never, because uh, I've seen many, many movies that do it. And I always find, like. Um, it's a cheap joke. Like I didn't even really laugh that hard when Stifler got it in part two of American Pie. Like it just, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I I can't explain why. I'm just like, and and urination happens twice in this movie. Like, yeah, and a big scene in the sequel. Okay, if, see, I don't even remember the sequel. It was, it I'll was, ask you about the sequel at the end of this, okay. just so you can get us prepped for there, the next time you guys come on. That was different times then. I guess so, or maybe not, because it still happens. Like I said, Son of Mass, 2008. It's not that long ago. So <laughs> That's uh, nine years ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> ten now. It doesn't feel that long. So, um, basically, Junior is the problem child of this movie, and he's dropped off from doorstep to doorstep until finally somebody... Uh, decides that oh we should have taken him to an orphanage <laughs> and then the nuns have him from there um and in this scenario junior lives in a world that is like resembling like oliver twist <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're actually making like real gruel which i'm like what is gruel like what because <laughs> it just it looks like shit yeah it did look pretty bad <laughs> and <laughs> was, and then sometimes a mystery meat and then um do nuns just walk around the orphanage like slapping rulers in their hand like they're just ready to beat someone? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, they're ready to bust knuckles. Like constantly. That ain't, ain't fucking around. Why do you think he's acting up? Like, like everything that he does is is definitely from his upbringing. And his upbringing has been violence. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to go to on, on a pedestal here. But at, at the same time, it's just like every single thing, it seems like, yeah, he's a bad person. Bad dude, but somebody could really like do what John Ritter does in this movie way earlier than it happens. Grohl is the same as Porridge. Well, that doesn't help. 
You know what's in it still? <laughs> I was gonna ask you what porridge is. It's, too. A, t- it's a type of basically hot cereal. Yeah, it's like oat, o- oatmeal, wheat, uh, rye flour, and okay. boiled in water okay. or milk. All right. That's nasty. Just as thicker. Well, this is a thick, soupy, shitty looking mess. Is what Girl it is. something that was fed to peasants or prisoners. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So, um, in this scene, Junior's still up to his old antics. He doesn't like the gruel. He throws it up on the ceiling. The nun comes by. Of course, it falls right on her face. Uh, she immediately uh, sends him on some chores. Instead of cleaning up her face, she's just walking around with, like, the shit on her face and, like, is about to introduce another child to his new parents and and is just going to walk out there. Meanwhile, Junior sees a news uh, report on the Bowtie Killer. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't – can you recall any other movie that has a killer, like, who's killed 34 people in a child's movie? Like, is that a thing? Like, this well, is... Okay, I, I think maybe the hitchhiker that they pick up in Tiny Toons Adventure. Oh. Well, okay. That's a good well, reference, that's... right? <laughs> or uh, Debbie from fucking Adam Sandler. It's, it's, it's got some kids in I it. I guess so, but I don't consider Adam's Family a kid's movie. This is what? a movie. It's got kids okay. in it. Yeah, it's You're got good. Kid... Having kids in it does not make it a kid's movie. Absolutely the Omen has it kids does. in well, it. See, I, I do think they <laughs> could have gone very dark with this. That's what they're trying to do. They, they were making this film over the top on purpose. But that's the question here is because this movie has a sequel and then a third movie that's straight to VHS. And anything is straight to VHS is either on one side of the spectrum or it's a child side of the spectrum, like Cinderella 2. Who needed that piece of shit? They made a Cinderella 2. They made a Cinderella 2. And they also made a Pocahontas 2. It does not work out for her. Uh, and um, this is the kind of thing. Like in the 90s, they would just direct to VHS sequels constantly. Right. right? Um, but um, because of that, they're, th- this is a movie. And I kept asking this the whole time. Is who is this movie really for? Because it also it has a television show and it had a cartoon, it, or is that the same thing? This is for kids. Huh. I don't think it's a kids movie. Wasn't, though. wasn't the the TV show a cartoon? Yes. Okay. Right. I, I feel like I remember it now. Right. So if that is the case, it's it's supposed to be designed for kids. But having a serial killer for who's killed thirty four people and he and until she's complacent with it, like later on in the movie is going to rape, like. The mom, he's gonna rape Flo. She rapes him. Yeah, right. But until that moment, that was going to be a rape. <laughs> until she kisses back, and then you also in that same thing that we're talking about, that's full on adultery in a child's. Movie. I don't know how Kramer fucking killed thirty four people. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the bowtie killer is um, is Michael Richards Kramer from Seinfeld. Um, yeah. We're also at the point in his career where he was in some movies. He was in uh, another one for your list. Is and he had a Yeah. Transylvania 65000. Mm-hmm. He hadn't um, dropped any racial slurs on stage yet. <laughs> right. He was in the prime of his life. Right. <laughs> he's he's wearing a haircut that then would become famous uh, last year and, <laughs> oh, the and then went away. Yeah. Um, and he is famous for killing people in a bow tie i guess oh, like man. he he's the bow tie killer he's like he's got a gimmick just like the sticky bandits have a, a gimmick that's like, right you know um so junior sees him and admires 
his MO and decides to start wearing a bow tie too. Right. You would think that this has more symbolism than it does in this movie. Like the bow tie is the thing, you know, when you, if you saw a ginger with a bow cut, a bowl cut and a bow tie on, you're like, well, he's doing some uh, problem child cosplay. Well, he he was, (laughs) he was dressed as Chucky pretty much in, in one of, in one of his like, before he gets adopted. Oh, yeah. Scenes, and he when was it's a the, different child. He actor. was in like the overalls. With yeah, the, when he yeah. feeds the the cat detergent. The detergent, yeah. Yeah. He looks just like Chucky. And I mean, that's that was clearly intentional. Oh, more than likely. Clearly intentional. Yeah, I think Child's Play came out on 88. So. Yes, t- two yeah. years before this one. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Because um, there is a, there's a additional thing here. I, I mean, uh. I don't even need to apologize to listeners. We're always so over the place. So it's a great matter. But there is a thing in here talking about um, there's a trivia that I that I noticed where basically other horror movie monsters and stuff review this movie. Yes. No, I'm dead serious. OK, here it is. Here it is. An ad campaign for the film included, quote, reviews from a number of famous movie villains. Quote, uh, Al Capone, four-star fun for the whole gang. Uh, Captain Hook, two thumbs up. Um, Frankenstein, 10 out of 10. Junior had me in stitches. Freddy Krueger, this kid gives me nightmares. Leatherface, um, Junior is a real cut-up. Darth Vader, I wish he were my son. And Bart Simpson, don't have a cow, just see the movie, dude. See, I think that's brilliant. That's an award. Yeah, yeah, that seems fun, right? But it goes right into this thing is like, well, Chucky should have been in that list too. If, yeah. But Chucky doesn't. Is yeah. it, that's not uh, universal. Chucky should have been like, I want to play. Is that, with yeah. this kid. Is that universal, John? Oh, what? Um, Brush uh, Cowboy for Child's Play. Was that universal? Not exactly sure. But I mean, Darth Vader wasn't universal. That's, that's Fox. That's you know, um, uh, Frankenstein's universal in this. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure. Um, well, no. Well, Captain Hook is 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 uh, free to free to use, um, and Bart Simpson's was Fox at the time too. So, I don't know. I don't. Th- I and I don't think when when you're talking about just like making up quotes, like it's like who cares really? I don't think you need the rights to that. But that's that's the kind of level that we're on, where it's like if you need to sell this, that's where it should be. So, uh, moving back to the plot here, we're now introduced to uh, John Ritter and his wife. Um, it's Amy Yazbek. Is that how you pronounce it? Bizarre, yeah. yeah, right. And um, now John Ritter is uh, his name is Ben. Hello. Hey, hey, yo. good name. That's strong, right? Name. That's a strong name, but not as strong as Big Ben, <laughs> which is his father. That that's probably my favorite character, right? Big Ben. Uh, yeah. Jack Orwell was very which, good. Which you guys referenced um, <laughs> last week on your show. Uh, you referenced uh, Dirty Work, and he's the grandfather in Dirty Work. Yeah, what where, yeah. where I mentioned that at? What, what you, that? I don't remember. You weren't talking. You were talking about Ben had a story about being in Afghanistan with the fish, and you referenced that uh, oh. the fish was their one whole dirty work. Uh, I love dirty work. Oh, that yeah, movie, I, I by I the know. way, too, where they're placing fish inside of yeah, the all the house. yeah the the mafia house, and then they it's all off camera. They're just sitting there holding fish while somebody's like, <laughs> "He's shooting." Now he's chopping me with the chainsaw. Yeah, it's 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 an. I think it's the best scene other than Chris Farley stuff in that movie. Uh, <laughs> at least your nose wasn't bitten off by a Saigon whore. Yeah, I had a post, I had a post that on a DJ forum the other day because people were talking about uh, 
people fighting to odd music, and I posted this scene where he gets yeah. the jukebox song wrong. So, um, the grandfather from Dirty Work is the grandfather in this movie. Yeah, Jack Warren. Yeah, Jack Warren, and he, he's also in another movie that's been list is Carrot Top's movie Chairman of the Board. Oh God, he, he plays yeah, the it's on my list. It, yeah, yeah, it has to be already on there. Yeah, yeah. it's Carrot Top. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, it. Uh, ben and his wife Flo uh, are trying to have a child. Uh, Flo is obviously like trying to just get up the ranks in like I don't know the community, and uh, she she's obviously materialistic and focused on what other people think about her. And then you have Ben who um, doesn't have a set of balls whatsoever, and uh, Cal tells to his wife. Um, is uh, being shit on by his father, who is about to sell the entire company. Uh, his father is trying to run for mayor and is going to sell the established store, which is called Big Ben's, like sporting goods, right? And it, it, I love this. It says um, Big Ben Sporting Goods, a store made by Americans for Americans, but it has a London theme. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was getting kind of the Walmart vibe from this store as well. Oh yeah, with color schemes and stuff. Oh, it's like it's definitely. Oh, the, uh, I'm surprised you missed the Donald Trump reference. I mean, the, uh, which one? The the one where he went on the news and showed his ass, and nobody probably cared. No, it, <laughs> so no, it's, it's actually the the first scene with Ben and Flo. Okay, where they're talking about names because she goes on this. Uh, he goes says Henry. She disagrees with it and says, what about Donald? It means powerful and something about money. She said Ronald. I thought it was Donald. Yeah, she said Ronald. Okay. Yeah, which would be a Reagan reference more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we, that would we make are sense. The, coming out of the 80s capitalism yeah. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so this... Uh, this is this is his character. Now, it's established um, from this doctor that seems to be bumbling and stupid, um, and I don't believe is even really a doctor, that Flo can't have children of her own. It is Donald. I just checked a script. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you, wow. got, you guys have a 10 bucks. An, oh, I, I made yeah. no bets. Yeah, we never. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're always talking about money. On, just trying on to lean bets. on me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, I lost a bet with him on our podcast. And yeah. Sent, you know, now he always wants to make fucking bets and shit. Right. Um, <laughs> Did he win it or lose it? He won it. Oh, but okay. It was, it was so for now something. One, yeah, one time and he wants to. It, it, yeah, it was some kind of. I love how we're taking his word for it, too. Yeah, we like, were. We were <laughs> I was like half right. And then, but I was still wrong. So. Sure. So um, uh, Ben goes to see his father. Uh, in this scene, Dennis Dugan, the director, makes a cameo. I had no idea it was him until you said something mm-hmm. before we watched it, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he likes to make cameos in his own movies. I like mean, Stanley. Yeah, I mean, but also, but you won't know it's him. <laughs> At least Stanley, you know. Uh, Dennis Dugan makes cameos that nobody cares about. Um, uh, he, Dennis Dugan is mostly famous for a lot of Adam Sandler's like earlier work, and then uh, it, the only ones that matter. Well, there's some that that don't matter, and he's still well, f- responsible for those too. Adam Sandler has like two good films, and they are well. I mean, if you're gonna say it, you gotta now come out with Billy your Madison. Okay, and like I like I was telling you last night, mm-hmm. I know Happy Gilmore is a good one, and that's but that's you the like, two, but also Big Daddy should you be like in there. Big Daddy, and, and that's about to it. be honest, I don't think I've seen Big Daddy all the way through either. Yeah, it happens, <laughs> but you've seen this multiple times somehow. Yeah, Billy <laughs> yeah. Madison was one of those films I just watched it like a year or two ago. It's one of those films that I remember liking when I was like twelve or thirteen when it no, came sure. out. 
but didn't like it at all as an older adult. And I tell you what other movie that happened to me. You won't believe this one. Movie I thought was hilarious when I was like 16, 17, but I watched a few years ago. I hated it. It's Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. You hate oh, this I, movie? I, I didn't like it when I watched it second time. I remember wow. loving it. Before, Kevin's going to be pissed at you. <laughs> He's going to uh, hear this. Uh, you know, gonna... I, I just got 20 minutes in the movie, and I'm like, I don't like these jokes anymore. Oh, Ooh. but you loved it back then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, Kevin Smith himself would be like, well, it's just dick and fart jokes. Like, what do you want? Like, yeah, <laughs> weed jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the thing is, I don't like drug humor. Yeah. I, I, I never found it funny, and that's that's nerve. See, that's how did, I feel about urination. You never did drugs. <laughs> No. You've never smoked weed in your life. No. <laughs> but usually when it comes to weed, too, it's over-exaggerated as to what actually happens. No. So, yeah. Always. It always has. Oh, yeah. It was like, true. oh, my God, there's a tie-dye, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Halluc- kaleidoscope going on behind me. That's like, that's not, yeah, that's not how it goes down. Hold on. So, okay. I'm going to take five. Okay. So, um his grandfather says, I'm selling the store to the Japs, which immediately is like, just like, whoa. Yeah, that was definitely added for TV after like oh, nine, I'm sure. mid-90s. Oh, I'm sure. So this movie is also famous, as you mentioned, editing. It's famous for having like over 12 additional minutes of footage that's in the TV version, uh, which we actually watched because, like I said, I think most people saw this film on network television. I think uh, the network that I call it on was uh, the USA Network. Why? Because Problem Child, the cartoon, was also there at the same time. So they would like kind of cross-promote it in yeah, that way. And, and it had what like the TBS syndrome had with Back to the Future, where it was on like every damn weekend. Mm-hmm. I remember Problem Child was on very, very often. I mean, at yeah. least every few weeks. Now, there was a few scenes in the, that deleted, I don't recall it deleted, but the televised version, I don't remember the Milkman scene on TV. The whole but, helicopter chase and yeah, everything? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember I that don't one. I don't either, but... But the, there was another part, I remember the uh, the camping porta potty scene was definitely remember. I remember the cat uh, fertilizing scene, which is the first one with the neighbor. Okay. I Yeah, I remember those, but the Milkman scene got lost on me. Sure. Yeah. No, I... There... I mean... I don't know why they didn't just keep it in because like the the running time for this movie is is eighty two minutes and I'm just like why don't you just round it out with the additional twelve and make it a solid ninety here like you know a little bit over ninety at least uh, it, it, because it doesn't really help the movie though like the scenes that we saw only established John Ritter uh, as character to be just even more uh, completely just a, a B B male. Like he's, yeah. he's not alpha whatsoever. So, um, now we have, um, we have, uh, them going to an adoption agency. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the, the nuns have had it with junior. Uh, they want him out of the orphanage and we're introduced to Gilbert Godfrey's character who at first is defending junior and trying to keep him in the system. Right. Uh, because, he knows that he's already been quote unquote returned thirty times, and like I'm pretty sure you can't do that. Yeah, I mean the adoption process takes people like a long time. Not, not in this it? movie. It takes yeah. them about five minutes. Yeah, I mean in real life you're, you're gonna need references from basically everybody in your life. I mean it's gonna be a oh yeah a few years. Well, okay. in some cases. Well, that's the thing is this movie suspends a lot of believability, but so and we're also not really introduced to how long it actually does take between Gilbert Godfrey being like, you know, you got yourselves a kid and, and also them 
you know, coming and picking him up. We don't know how much time has passed, um, so I have to give it's, it... It's assumed to be a few weeks. Yeah, that, I guess that's, so. That's what I was getting. Right. And the reason is because the, the weather never changes where, where they're at. It seems like springtime with, like, baseball happening and shit. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, how... Um, uh, how easy is it to adopt a child in 1990? Because it's still, it was like, it was like based on a handshake and the fact that he's been returned 30 times. Yeah, well, they want to get rid of the kid now. That, that's the <laughs> thing. That's why they only show him one kid. Right. And by the way, the same thing happened with the uh, article that I mentioned. The people said that the adoption agency only showed them one, one kid. Yeah. For that reason, they want to get rid of him. Jeez. Um, going back a little bit, we didn't yeah, talk about the costume uh, of how he finds that bow tie. And the, oh, on the My Buddy doll? Yeah. And the, I had a My Buddy. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Did you have yeah. one? Um, how heavy were those damn things? I, I remember I remember that I have one, though. I mean, I remember busting my sister's teeth open uh. with the face of it because the face was hard. It was like hard plastic. Because when he but, throws it to the ground, it uh-huh. makes a really loud noise. For like, yeah, I because that's its head. Time. Okay. That, yeah. That makes so sense imagine then. that noise Adam on somebody's a, face because that was my sister. Adam had a wrestling buddy. He had a Hulk Hogan. Oh, that, that, they're different. Yeah, those things are really yeah. soft. I mean, those things were like two feet long. Yeah. What were they called? I mean, my ring, wrestling buddies or ring something like buddies or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. You still got it, don't you? Somewhere. Somewhere in storage, yeah. Somewhere Which one was it? Hulk Hogan. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. Like they t- that commercial sh- showed you how to like just jump on your bed and jump on the furniture. It didn't matter. You're slamming people. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, no, my buddy, you slam his head on the ground, you're gonna hear a noise. Like let me tell you, that thing is that thing is hard plastic. But that's where he stole it from. But um, my buddy didn't have a bow tie. My buddy was in overalls, like Chucky. That like my buddy and Chucky. I don't know which one came first. But they they'd already used the Chucky looking thing for him in the crib. <laughs> right, right. Well, the other thing I can think about is the fact that you know how somebody's like nursery schools and other schools have a bunch of toys laying sure, around. Like you got parts laying around. Yeah, somebody just took it off. No, there. I know. I'm being cynical. So, um, meanwhile, Jr. has been Jr. Junior. Uh, has been writing to the Bowtie Killer, and the Bowtie Killer thinks, because he's signing it JR, that JR is another convict from another jail, and that they're going to get out together, and that they're going to, like, uh, terrorize the town, right? And in this scene, uh, the Bowtie Killer seems to have superpowers because he picks up a full weight set and throws it over into a second story balcony with no effort whatsoever and completely like has enough force to knock over the the warden and then we're seeing in another scene has injured him to the point of breaking his arm and causing severe lacerations all over his face. He's got an eye patch on. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He, he fell. Like, yeah. We also have to mention the amount of fear that the other prisoners have for him. So much fear. Yeah. And, and guards. Yes. Yeah. I mean, people, people are wanting to build on backwards for him. He asks for a cigarette. Like, everybody pulls out one. He has somebody read him a letter, etc. Now, I can tell you, as a, as a prior <laughs> correctional officer, and you know our our father also was completely over the top this shit nothing yeah. nothing like that fucking happened well, well, well my thing well, this is the only people are smoking that's not a thing right well, no, maybe they, back they, then well it was <clears throat> in maryland it was it was outlawed. this is illinois by the way filmed in texas but supposed to be illinois in in maryland um smoking in prisons was banned in 2001 oh okay so Apparently, it was a thing yeah it was it was a thing but not like sure not like you see it in this there, 
thing I want to bring up here, and yeah. I don't think anybody's touched this before, anything I've read before or seen, is the fact that the Bowtie Killer is a serial killer sociopath, mm-hmm. yet he's getting letters from someone he's never met before and wants to partner immediately. And he's in general population. Yeah. Yeah, well, that... Well, you well, don't I'm kill that, 34 people and be in general yeah, population. <laughs> yeah, I think it's someone like that's going to be alone. Okay, so in a movie full of unbelievable circumstances, like the Bowtie Killer situation and how he escapes and everything else is probably the most unbelievable part of this entire movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And uh, we're about to get there. But um, so um, Flo and Ben adopt Junior, and they take him home, and immediately they've decided that before he gets there, they're going to invest in a room full of clowns as decorations, which, okay, to be fair, yep. What's that sound? That's him dragging his beard on the microphone. Uh. <laughs> um, to be fair, um, uh, <laughs> my mom decorated my room in mm. clowns. Not it, like this, though. This is over the top. It looks like a like a four-year-old sort of almost. It's beyond that. Like, he's sleeping in a clown bed. <laughs> so, like, he's well, a full I, clown. I, I, I know we're going to talk about single later, but there's a really funny scene in the next uh, movie, probably Chow 2, where his bed, where that woman moves in, is now a jail cell. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I feel... <sighs> that room was fucking terrifying. Um, our our yeah. cousin... Mm-hmm. Um, our cousin used to be in uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus. He still performs down in Myrtle Beach. Um, what on the street? Because they're bankrupt. <laughs> well, he he still does perform. His name is Brian Dangerous. Uh, real name Brian Fulton. And uh, okay, the, the, whenever I see these clowns, I think of our podcast with the one of the best known "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" episodes, which is "Laughing in the Dark" with Zebra the Clown. Mm-hmm. So as soon as like that whole room was fucking creepy, yeah. In, in Problem Child, like I felt like I felt like there was a scene missing, but obviously not because we watched all the deleted well, scenes. I mean, clearly these these people, these two, Ben and Flo, are completely out of touch with reality. But like, why not see what he's into before investing an entire room <laughs> full of shit? Like, you uh, would think. I, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't. But I think the point is supposed to be over the top. There was no. Oh, see, that's the thing, though. Like, okay, there was in an adoption. There was like meetings where you like you mm-hmm. meet the kid. Like, oh, here's your kid. Go pick him up. Right. Fucking. Oh, hey, I'm Ben. And uh, get in the car. And I would, I would be on your side of defending it and being like, oh, everything's supposed to be over the top. If this movie didn't try so hard to like try to attack it from both ends, like one minute it wants to be serious and endearing and be like, oh, you should be caring about this kid in this scene because somebody said something to hurt his feelings. And then the next scene, it's like, this kid's the devil. He's a piece of shit. He's from hell. Yeah, well, and know, you're just like, oh, I, I don't know how to feel. I know, I know why that happened, and that's because of the disagreements happening with yeah. executives. And if it would have been the writers doing their dream i think the film would have been better yeah no uh, no absolutely but uh, but you have conflicting thoughts and feelings and how serious you should be taking this film every other scene so um it's an emotional roller coaster yeah and so we're basically, all we're all riding it um, we're riding it together oh aren't we um <laughs> 
uh, Big Ben, Grandfather Ben, shows up, right? And once again, somebody else in this film is completely rude, insensitive, mean this, to somebody what, else. All right, this part right here were some of the best lines in the movie. <laughs> I really like the one where he says you found uh, someone to do something with your semen or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but it's like, when you really look I at this, I, I do too, <laughs> but it's like, Every single person in this film is rude and sensitive and speaks their mind. It's actually not reality. Well, like depends where you live. I was waiting. See, I got I got Problem Child One and Problem Child Two mixed up mm-hmm. because fucking Big Ben like tries to spank Junior in the second one, <laughs> and uh, like he's like taking his shirt off, like they're gonna fight or oh, something. He takes his belt off, yeah, yeah. And I was waiting for that scene the whole fucking movie. I'm like, oh, fuck, is it the second one? <laughs> yeah. So this is where he's like, he, uh, w- no one would say out loud, like, before they've even met the child, like, he's, he's, he's a demon. He's like probably the devil. Like, he doesn't know yet. He has no idea. He's never even seen the child's face. Yeah. There was like, a lot of uh, talk about that, especially the, the hatred of adoption. In this, yes. Uh, which is so movie. weird. This movie's so anti adoption, like, for no reason whatsoever. Like, it, it almost as if somebody was like, um, we don't believe in adoption. We don't want that because what the comments that are made flow at one point in the movie says like, I don't want a secondhand kid. I don't want and a secondhand like, cleanse. So yeah. I don't want a secondhand kid. Uh, did yeah. you know it's any- so cruel. Well, John, did you know anybody who was adopted when back in like school days? I mean, I do. No. I do. Yeah. No. Well, did they feel left out at any point? Did they what? No. So, yeah. I don't remember. I, I haven't met too many people who were adopted, but uh, from what I've heard, like they didn't have a traumatizing experience. That's projected in this movie. No, but- no, not at all. Yeah, and and for the most part, those who were like they were well adjusted, and they were taken care of, and probably taken care of better than those than who they were born. Yeah. <laughs> you know, into their family because uh, the, I, I I feel like those parents go above and beyond. You know, maybe they aren't there buying clown room bedrooms, but you know, they're doing above and beyond because they're grateful to have said child. You know. Um, you you see these movies or stories where like uh either the parents are super horrible to like a really good child or the child's horrible to a really good family and you're like this isn't that's not reality you know like it doesn't nah I I've never heard of a horror story like like the article is for sure like I'm sure it exists I do like but, how the wife is a bitch and like oh, yeah that you know really the only person that des- deserves you know like junior to like not mess with is john ritter's character right but like you know when he when he does something he affects fucking everybody right and this is a movie also where it should have been that john ritter like john ritter sees that the junior is pretty much bad after like the second incident Mm. and it it goes on the defensive Instead of being like, in, instead of being in the dark, and I think this movie would have also worked better if John Ritter never saw what Junior did wrong, right? And everybody else is oh, like, I feel bl- like I'm crazy. Yeah, he's just blind to everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. It would have been better, right? And then it's revealed, like, and it becomes a betrayal, you know, right. of of feelings instead of this, like, like John Ritter's ready to give up on him and send him yeah, away too. Yeah, I mean, there. Uh, did you also notice that Junior never has a conversation with Flo? She, I mean, she he, sometimes, so he talks back. Well, there's never a change of dialogue. It's always she says something after the fact that he says something, but they, yeah. they never actually talk to each other. And I want they plan that. That's true. Hmm. I don't know. 
I just, all right. Well, okay. So in this scene, uh, he catches the clown room on fire. Uh, that's the first meeting. That, that fire really got out of hand really quickly. By way the way, quickly. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think like, they were downstairs more than a minute. Yeah, it was like it has some type of flammable. Uh, yeah, liquid. They used that was just matches on them, ready to go. Right. And then, when was the cat in there with him? Yeah, why was the cat in there with him? Like the cat just stayed there with smoke inhalation and just. <laughs> and then, so he, he takes yeah, the cat. Though, uh, I didn't watch that scene with you because I think I, I stepped around for a minute, but. I did laugh out loud last time I watched that. That room just like oh, blames because <laughs> <laughs> full of flames. And then um, they're like, "Oh my god, it must have been a short, right?" Which it could be believable. Um, and then grandfather's still talking shit about Junior, and so Junior picks up the cat and throws it at him, and it's an obvious like <laughs> doll. It's like it's not yeah. even like stiff like a cat might be when it goes in the air. It's just a rag doll that flies through him. He pretend he mimics like being attacked by it. And then falls down the stairs. And then we cut to uh, Big Ben being wheeled out on a stretcher and being like, get rid of the kid. Meanwhile, the cat is already fully bandaged up and like walking across the lawn. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, the animal rights people had a lot to say about that scene, by the way. And they don't like the fact that the poster has a cat in a dryer. Right. Yeah. No, I mean... Nobody likes this film except for you two. <laughs> um, then, then here's my question: Then, if no one liked it, then why do we have two sequels, a cartoon show, multiple runs of syndication, and a reboot coming out? Because I just found an article on that. Uh, Adam, there are nine Land Before Times. Oh, that got, that got, up, that got up there. Yeah. Well, people love the first film, <laughs> motherfucking tree stars. <laughs> um, but also, I, wa- I watched Home Alone Five uh, for Christmas. What the fuck? Uh, I, I, I laughed because it was just so. I remember th- uh, three seeing That's three. All I, yeah, yeah. See, no, it's never a question if uh, if anybody likes it. When Mark Hamill just recently said, he goes, "Listen, kids, it's not about whether the movie is good. It's about how much money it's going to make." Right. And that's that's what this comes down to. Um, Problem well, see, Child Two was a surprise sleeper hit when it came to like having a cult following somewhere. Okay, and so they just threw more money at it. It's a cult classic, but oh, there's a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Like I remember reading that thing about like. Oh fucking Yelp! Yelp's the way to go. Like fucking Yelp, you get all your fucking reviews. They're so accurate. And then all of a sudden, like, be like, oh fucking Yelp, you can't go off what they say anymore. Well, who fucking- says that? Because the movie studios will make you believe that you should never go off of Rotten when, Tomatoes. When, yeah, when was because Rotten, when was Rotten Tomatoes like the fucking the end all and be all? Yes. Well, I think it came. I, it, it's it's grown up in popularity in the past, like you know, like five years, but. I, th- I feel like it is accurate. I-, I will at least say that when I go see a movie, I'm like, fucking, let me get on here and well, see I never what fucking really... Rocky Dominus says first. No, I look just to be like, oh, Justice League, this is going to be a shit show. Ah, uh, fuck Because it was. Willow 2, baby boy. Willow 2. Okay, so um, <laughs> we we are taken back to the jail, and the Bowtie Killer is having a uh, psychological examination in which somehow the warden is allowed in the room at the same time. And is allowed to voice his opinion during the examination. Not a thing. And then, um, as soon as the warden is uh, asked to exit the room, Bowtie Killer reveals his true self, strangles the man on the desk, and then it's just seen flashed over to him in a in a in a trench coat in a car, like covering his face a little bit and leaving the jail. 
How did he escape? <laughs> yeah, and how did he, uh, usually if that had happened, sort of person working in the jail right there there's like 20 guards on open about 10 seconds he wouldn't have gotten any further than the outside of that room where the warden should have been or at least two guards right ben right it's true <laughs> like how uh, uh, any, and, and they probably would have assessed the room after any he left. type of meeting yeah with anyone they are stripped and ex- like you make sure that they're not smuggling something back sure um it's a little different with I guess psychologist medical medical shit, mm-hmm. but you're still searched. Oh, you're I'm not sure. stripped, but you're still searched. I'm sure. I mean, there's always a Harley Quinn out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. So, um, yeah, he escaped. No explanation. Like that actually would have been an interesting scene. Like to see, uh, there's a deleted scene that shows a fantasy of how he wants to escape. But then right. flashes back to the reality of the scene and then just continues on. Some of those takes in that deleted shit were better than what was put in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so, and like the extra time, it had to have been at least four, maybe three or four extra minutes for better takes. Yeah. To, to put in the movie. Oh, yeah. So, um, it's uh, Junior is caught rifling through uh, Flo's drawers and. They stumble upon not one, but like three drawers of men's nudie magazines. Yeah, very 80s ones. Flo is just rubbing it out. (laughs) Like, not just one. She is sexually repressed. Like, majorly repressed. And, like, the thing is that John Ritter has knowledge of it and is complacent through this whole movie that his wife is a horrible person and... It is not attracted to him whatsoever because she makes a line early in the movie of being like, we were having sex for nothing. That was, mm-hmm. that was a good line. That, that was I mean, funny. Yeah. You no, know, it really is because <laughs> you could just see like a little part of his soul dies with mm-hmm. every comment in this movie, um, which is it's a typical Ritter move. Do you ever see a movie called uh, Real Men with John J- no, James Belushi where he's playing the same kind of character like dopey and everything and by the end has to stand up for himself and like he's played the same thing consistently. Well, see, that's just his character, man. Like he's always been rest in peace, John Ritter. Um, he's always had that like that. Those are yeah. roles that he can nail every time. Oh, yeah. So, um. Now the um ne- the next door neighbors show up and it's it's a mom and her little girl and the little girl um is immediately rude to him for no reason. It's not like she's like I get a bad vibe off of Junior or anything. She's Ew, just you're rude. A, you're adopted. Ugh. Yeah, like who treats people like this? <laughs> Movie universe. Yes, right? Cuz the little girl's like forced to invite him to her birthday party and then um the mom gives flow in the family of fruitcake which it's cus- even... it's customary in adoptions you hand them a fruitcake you hand a, you, they got a shitty hand so you hand them something shitty exactly I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I i like this line here though it says i don't want him at my party in the manga auto uh that she says but mother he dresses like the man who cremated uncle leo i thought that's a good line i mean it, <laughs> it's it's it, the part of the and here's what I was saying about that where I don't find this movie that endearing or funny to me is that like these lines are so out of left field and like beyond the vocabulary and the cleverness that a seven year old would have unless they're living in the world of South Park. Like it's just not a thing. 
So every time he says something that's like extremely clever, go for it. There you go. Um, How many is that now? Six? <laughs> well, one of them is John's. Right. So every time Junior says up. something or this child or anything, it should be like, haha, it's funny. And I go, who talks like this? <laughs> like, it's so weird. It takes me out of the moment. But anyway, um, they they are invited to that. Now, as this happens, um, the other next door neighbor invites them to go camping. That's Roy. Right? Roy? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, now, Roy invites them to go camping. They show up. Um, Junior is slingshotting. I found this funny. He was slingshotting things off off camera through the passenger side window as they're driving. And each bird is like, ow, ow. Yeah. <laughs> like, as people and all that shit. Yeah, that was <laughs> well, funny. The first time he did it, he's like, what's going on? Are you shooting a slingshot? And then, like, he, you know, mm-hmm. he did it again. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and then the scene jumps over to uh, Roy and Ben are in a tent, and he's like, look what I got. And he's got a full-on bear hide. Like, not a bear costume, <laughs> but a bear hide. Like, he skinned a bear. And he even goes, where'd you get it? He's like, don't worry about it. Like, that's a that's a thing you should probably mention. Like, where'd you get the bear hide, right? And then he proceeds to give him a hat that he made that says dad. And he, Roy wears a hat that says super dad. And then... It's not translated properly, but um, they're holding a mirror to look at each other. But I, it looks like they're just holding a picture frame because you never see the mirror because it's from the other side. So I was really confused with that. I didn't notice that portion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then it, it's all set up. You know what's going to happen. You know, you absolutely know that um, basically this bear costume that looks extremely lifelike and they're in the woods it's going to come back and it's going to be a fake out. Like that's another problem with this movie is that I feel like every single thing is so foreshadowed and set up. The only thing that actually wasn't was when he sees the, all the China and he's like, I hope you guys are insured. I was like, Oh, that glass is going to break. None of that breaks. It was the only time in the movie where something wasn't foreshadowed properly. It's true. But there's also, there's also that deleted scene with the helicopter going through the window. And maybe there was the, more the that front got broken door. that we yeah. never saw. Yeah, you're so right. So that, that could have been it. So uh, long story short on this one, uh, Junior, of course, puts everybody's life in jeopardy, like has a stake and lures a real bear on a stick like a fishing line into the campsite, throws the stake in there. Like he's literally putting people's lives in jeopardy. Like and it's played for laughs. Wait, wait, wait that, that was that was after the test scene, right? Yeah, With the fire. yeah. He just pisses on the fire. I just that was it. funny. Come no, on, no, it's man. not funny. <laughs> it was just funny. He cause... exposed his little boy penis to multiple girls. That's not funny in today's world. Let me tell you. I, I, well, I didn't think about that, but the, the thing I like is the fact that the kids are making fun of him. He just. I'm... I just maybe I'm seeing too much of my own sibling in this situation. <laughs> I'm very upset. Um, I'm not quite sure, but either way, um, John Ritter, who has seen the bear costume or hide, uh, and has heard the story that Roy was going to scare everybody because that's what you do. By the way, you 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 want to make sure that people are terrified for their life. You, know, you traumatize your kids with a bear costume, right? I mean, clearly, right. Yeah. Um, and thinks it's Roy, so he starts playing with the bear, and then the bear attacks him, and then 
it keeps jumping like any time that the bear is touching John Ritter. You can it tell. It is not even the bear hide of the, that, because even that was accurate. Yeah. This is more now of a fuzzy mascot type bear costume. And then when it switches, it'll, it keeps switching from bear touching him, mascot, bear on its own, bear. Yeah. <laughs> Real bear. Um, and then that bear. Uh, throws John Ritter like pretty much he would have had some sort of at least a contusion abrasion something not hurt flies into the tents and then the bear runs off and here comes Roy immediately after in bear suit and John Ritter proceeds to uh, take a frying pan and bash his brains out <laughs> I just it's it's one of the best scenes of the movie I had to admit that this, it, this whole campfire scene is hilarious in a different movie <laughs> no, this is a masterpiece. Oh my god! So, um, moving ahead for uh, for the sake of exhaustion here, um, now we're we are presented with it's the next day. Um, there's little consequences to those actions other than John Ritter being like, I think there might be something wrong with my son, which is like how what what, what gave you that idea? Um, and they go to the little girl's birthday party. Um, Another another enjoyable montage that then is kind of I'm, I'm like, why is this little girl's watching all this happen and she's not tattletailing like that would be the thing. If a little boy is ruining your party and you watch him cut the pigtails off of another girl assaulting another human being with giant shears, would you not be like this boy's ruining my birthday party? Secondly, yeah, because there's already reaction shots in there. Right. Yeah. Secondly. He explodes a cake in front of everybody, and he throws all the presents into the pool. Where is this pool in relation to the rest of the party? I have no idea, because nobody sees him do this. Well, I just like all the packages float. Yeah, well, every single one. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, everybody gave her styrofoam. <laughs> so, um, yeah, also, cool uh, montage. Uh, but... I don't know what parties you went to as a kid, but I don't remember one where like adults like come with suit and ties and shit. Uh, like, well, that's the 90s. Man, but... That's the uh, same thing as... Adam. like. We grew up in a poor town. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, also, um, it's the '90s. It's the same thing as in Earth Scared Stupid. The moms were wearing like complete like turtleneck t- style things with that little like silhouette lady button. You know what I'm talking about? It's yeah, like a button. The, and there was like ceramic yeah. silhouette lady. Um, so I don't question the '90s that much anymore. But what I don't know is I don't know too many birthday parties that turned out to be a Halloween costume party. It's true. Uh, yeah, I've heard a few of them, but not too many. Right? Yeah, I mean, because Junior's dressed up like obviously the devil in this one, and pretty pretty decent costume. But either way, we also get a establishing scene of oh god, the prune. It's so stupid. Like, why couldn't it be something important? Like a why does it have to be a prune? It could have been a pocket watch and done the same Anything, thing, right? It could have been a pocket watch. Why a it's, prune? It still would have served its purpose at the end of the movie. And see, I forgot all about the fucking prune. I'll be honest with you. But, I mean, I guess that's just how the John Ritter's <laughs> character is. Like, is that it's, dopey? It's not even this. Like, if it was a watch, there's some value Sentimental, to it. right. It's and, the fact that he's... Yeah, it's you're right. something. But now it's just this fucking shriveled up plum. Right. That, that's... That's what I got from my grandfather. He was a little senile at the end. Right. It's like, okay, then throw that away. 
But see, that's that's generator's character. I guess he will cherish the smallest, most most worthless thing. He's basically my dad. <laughs> hey, look at this bottle cap that I found. It reminds me of our trip to Florida. <laughs> that's did, my father. Did he frame it? <laughs> Might as well. We'll see what happens. So, um, yep. I mean, but the prune is established. So um, now we go over to uh, a scene where he has put Junior on the baseball team with the rest of the the, the the kids that he coaches. He's thrown on the team. Thrown on the team. Yeah. There's no tryouts. There's nothing. He's just immediately on the team. <laughs> right. And then proceeds to everybody's making fun of not only him, but making fun of John Ritter. Mm-hmm. What, what was it? It was like loser or like son of dork, son of dork. Mm-hmm. Right. And people are chanting it. The whole place is chanting it. And nobody is like, Hey, this is inappropriate. Well, like, Junior fixes that situation by assaulting multiple children. Now this is also really <laughs> fucking funny. Was this also the scene where he uh, goes to bat at first, it goes out of his hands, and hits Big Ben's car? Yes, that's, that's, sec- that's okay. the second. That's swing. the second yeah. swing. Yes, second swing it goes through ben- Big Ben's car, and then the third swing is when he goes wild with the bat. Right now, mind you, also here's another thing about this movie: is certain things seem deliberately malicious, and other things are like whoops like he actually made a mistake like the second swing bat he could not have planned that he could Mm. not have aimed that properly so like there's certain things where you're like i'm not quite sure how to react to this he's just when he's destructive even when he's not trying to be i guess so. which is why he got so like which is why he's just rejected by everybody no i understand that but i okay and the next thing and this is what i mean is like one you have like oh my god i'm a problem child but it was an accident versus i'm a problem child who just put three children in the hospital <laughs> like and and everybody nobody's stopping it after he beats down first baseman they should have put a stop to it instead they let him beat down second first and then punch the kid in the balls <laughs> and home they let him beat four people, uh-huh. and they just watch. They watch. It's the nineties. I. Tr- <laughs> You're gonna tell me that there's four parents, so maybe eight parents if it's a father and do- uh, and and father and mother that are watch their watch their children just get beat down with an aluminum bat. Are we? Yeah. You guys are complacent too. Yep. Because <laughs> if they win, they're going to get ice cream, and if they lose, well, fuck it, we'll go get ice cream anyway. I, I hope nobody's rewarded for this. So <laughs> now we go to the confessional scene, right? Um, he goes in. He's ready to give up. Um, I think there was a scene they tried to give back Junior to, mm-hmm. and and this is kind of forgettable, like other than Gilbert Godfrey doing Gilbert Godfrey. Um, but nothing other than being like you can't return him. No, the way they, they find out that he's been returned thirty times. Thirty times, yeah. and then John Ritter's like, oh "We can't my, give up on oh him." My That's God. right. That we can't. We give can't up be thirty-one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, it, it, then he goes to the confessional and is asked what he can do. Um, he's ready to give up too, and the father isn't there. It's actually Junior in the confessional, and here's it all. And this is one of those scenes where it's like, oh, you've seen him for the past hour do horrible things to human beings, and now we're supposed to have a heart for him because somebody actually had the balls to be like, he's a piece of shit? 
it's when you it's when you break down the sweetest guy in the movie to where you're like fuck I'm I hate this kid now I hate everything about him now the I hate kid, his stupid little ginger hair I hate his stupid smile with his you buck can't, teeth you can't say that anymore I can <laughs> I can say it I hate this kid oh he doesn't even look good now <laughs> have you looked him up we we looked at that's him that's right yeah so um meanwhile uh, because of this, Junior goes out into the car and locks himself in the car. And when John Ritter comes up to the uh, car, he decides to uh, start the engine and take off driving with, with John Ritter on the top of the car. Yep, right and on the hood. Of course, they drive it directly into his father's store. <laughs> um, and and eh, forgettable scene. I feel like Big Ben's. There's a car chase, kind big, of. Big Ben's. Was like that sporting goods store at on Jumanji. Like they just reused that fucking set. Oh, constantly. Oh yeah. Um, and then the next scene has his banker calling him, and it's like bad news. Your father drained your bank account in order to pay for the damages for the store. Not sure that's how bank accounts work. Yeah, there's privacy <laughs> issues associated with that. Yeah. Unless um, he was uh. For some reason, at that age, still under a parental one. Right. Then the movie goes. Oh, sold it to the Japs. Yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't be his problem anyway. No, it wouldn't. But it would be like if the deal's not. He said he was going to sell it to the Japs. So it'd still be his problem right now. That's yeah, true. Um, and then the movie's like, oh, yeah, we forgot the Bokai Killer is a part of this film. Because <laughs> he comes back. He has. I, I can only assume, I'll give the movie the benefit of the doubt, that Junior has been writing to him since he's been at this house and gave him the new address, the return address or whatever, because there's no other way that he knows how where they live. Correct. Um, and then proceeds to have dinner with them. Meanwhile, nobody has, um, nobody's recognized him prior to this? I never call him that. Huh? I never call it that incident where Noah's recognized the notorious serial killer. No. Notorious serial killer who's... There was that scene at the gas station, though, where he sees a Warner poster and has the cop out there, right? He It's not a Warner poster. It's, it's the circus it's poster the circus for the circus first. later oh, okay. on in the movie. And he decides to hold that in front of his face. Because uh-huh. that's not suspicious. Yeah. Walking not with like a big old poster. You should have just stayed in the gas station mm-hmm. until they left. They were literally just filling up their motorcycles and then going upon their way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was chips back there. I mean, he was filling up his car, too. He didn't steal that beater mm-hmm. out in the back while someone was under it. <laughs> Ran over him. 34 <laughs> confirmed kills. Um, And so he sits down, and Flo is like, do you need more food? And he's like, yeah. And she goes in there, and he's immediately, like, staring her down. And he's go- he's going to rape her. Like, he's going to rape her. In a ch- children's movie. And so he goes in there and immediately comes on to her and he forces himself on her, but she doesn't push away. She kisses back. And then they proceed to just fuck on the kitchen floor. She said 15 years and she threw him down. Right. But meanwhile, John Ritter is in the other room with the child and he's like catatonic. Yeah. He's not even there anymore. Um, I feel like. As a kid, I feel like there was more cleavage and more shown. From with, her? With, I'm down for that. From her. Hot. 
because what what we saw, you know, there wasn't enough. Like it wasn't enough. It to, wasn't enough for a children's movie. It wasn't enough to be like, oh, she's seducing them, or you know, like, oh, I see what he's thinking. Like it's just like, oh, you can kind of see a little bit of cleave. You know, come on, right? Come on, I I guess. Come on, I uh, Shelley. <laughs> Shall I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's the next morning, and John Ritter is uh, kind of catatonically walking around. He misses the giant writing in what I can only assume is lipstick on the wall of a ransom note saying, I have your wife and kid. Uh, give me a hundred grand. Um, and then he finally says, sees it, and this was an enjoyable scene for me. His celebration. Yeah, his celebration that the child is gone out of his life, his horrible wife is gone, He the, 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 the killer can keep him if he likes. Um, I love this scene, because it was like, it was fun to see him break, like this dopey character, where I was like, get some balls, and he finally does. So, um, then he goes up to the room and finds the prune. But in my mind, I would be like, well, this little piece of shit didn't even keep the prune that I gave him. Why does he feel endeared in this moment other than the fact that he drew a nice picture of him versus everybody else that he knows? It's not enough. It's not. This man is broke. His bank account is drained. His life is in shambles. I'd have been like, keep that kid. But he doesn't. Okay, I said life insurance policy. Oh, right? Something. Flow. So. She's got progressive. If somebody kidnapped your kid, your wife, and he was a notorious serial killer, it's the first thing you think you would do. Cops. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Authorities. Yeah. Something. Especially because he's only an established killer that they're on a hunt for. So now it would make it easier to find him if he's carting around a, 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 a redhead, two redheads. <laughs> You'd think there would be a reward or something. He'd get reward money for right? for getting a escaped convict serial killer. You know. Ah. So instead, he goes to his father to ask for money. His father immediately um, says no, and then gets caught on camera because he's about to do a live broadcast. Meanwhile, I think I mentioned it once very briefly. Like his father is running for mayor, and that's why he's selling the story. He don't give a shit about the story anymore. Um, and this is where he admits that he doesn't care about the voters, and the voters can kiss his ass. He goes live TV. This is one of the funniest scenes of the video. I love, man. I love this, this, this is bare man ass. <laughs> and um, I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it. It's funny. Uh, well, I, like where it says I, I love Warren. So I, like, I like where it says like four Americans. You don't have to believe that, <laughs> right? But. <laughs> What's so telling about this scene is that we're living that reality now <laughs> because I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he was probably still voted mayor. Does anybody know in the in the sequel? Like what's mentioned. he doing? No. Oh, he goes to the, the new franchise. It's mentioned briefly of what happened. I can't remember exactly though. Well, they, they actually paid attention to that detail. <laughs> yeah, let me just research real quick. Okay. So, um he realizes that that's not going to work, so he decides to go on his own. To go after them. Where did he get the money? Did he even have money in that bag? You don't ever know what's in that bag. Right. So, basically, the Bowtie Killer is like, hey, come meet me at the circus. Because, I guess, a lot of people, you know, something like that. But also, a lot of people to recognize you. 
Like, also true. Doesn't make any sense. Cops don't go to the circus. Yeah, they they're not guarding the circus or anything. So he uh, they meet up at the circus. Uh, they try to do a handoff where he's like, "Give me the bag," and he's like, "Give me the child." Excuse me, folks. Um, Bless you, buddy. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, and then he does a fake out. He's like, no, like he pulls the child back and they should have met in the middle, but they don't. And I'm going to seize again. Do it. <coughs> they come in threes. You got another one. Thank in you. Yeah. yeah, more than likely. Um, and he's like, come with me on the road, Junior. The bow tie killer says that. And like, I just don't care in this time. And like, I just don't care anymore. I'm like, go with him. I don't care. Leave John Ritter. Leave, leave John Ritter alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only person i care about and so um junior decides to kick the bowtie killer and then for some reason the bowtie killer decides he's going to chase junior around instead of just getting the hell out of there with his money like no he doesn't have the money oh junior takes the bag junior takes the bag it. see yeah. this is where i was just like this movie's gone off the rails a long yeah, time no, ago no, no. junior's wearing right the, you go then junior's wearing the backpack so when he's, because uh, when he climbs that trapeze uh, thing. Oh, you mean where the trapeze artists are like, hey, there's a kid he's involved part of, now. Let's he's make part it of part the of the show. Yeah. Well, he has the backpack on. And they're like, they're actually, when they're going through the, the different handles, they're grabbing him by the backpack. So he has the money. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So Junior somehow knows exactly what rope to pull to to make him fall off the trapeze. But but Kramer also Kramer. <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Just accept it. Yep. Cochran. <laughs> Damn it. It's been years Go since ahead. I said that. Um <laughs> so but see, here's the thing. He was on like the first, if not the second, handlebar. Of that of that skit, sure. Then there was like five of them. So when right. Junior pulls that cord, they all Kramer, Kramer's they all not go. the only one fucking falling. Yeah, but who cares? I mean, there's a uh, no, personal injury. No, you problem. don't see anything other than Kramer I'm, falling into. By the, the way, tiger I'm pit. sure somebody got hurt in that car crash in that store. <laughs> somebody had to have been. Oh dead, yeah, right. So um, yeah, and then instead of just letting him go, they proceed to chase him. Like in a car chase where Junior is driving the car and John Ritter is out the sunroof. Meanwhile, oh, um, John Ritter stole that car. So mm-hmm. he should be at the end of the movie wanted for Grand Theft Auto. But that's never addressed either. A citizen's arrest is what they were trying to go for. So it was okay for him to steal the car. What? No. No. I made that up. I made <laughs> yeah, that up. No. Um, that neighbor should be reporting that car stolen. Um, that was the last scene with Big Ben, right? He's on this. Rest Big of the Ben movie. after the moon. Yeah, yeah I thought it was the last scene. That's it. So yeah. in Power Child too, it says. Oh, we're back to that. Okay. Yeah, I, I finally found it. It's this is a pretty funny line here where he like, shows up at Little Ben's uh, thing. He says, "Dad, you hate me." He says, "Okay, you figured me out." This <laughs> <laughs> says he followed Chapter Eleven. His SNL cr- crashed and the creditors were after him, so he's a place to hide out. That's in the script, mm-hmm. which means he's on run from the law, mm-hmm. barely. Okay. Uh, the the mayorship's not mentioned. Okay. So maybe what he obviously wasn't elected obviously. after that yeah. moon scene. Okay. Well, you know, at least some voters are smart. So, <laughs> um, 
they have a shotgun. I guess it was from because Roy's a hunter. It was in his car. Right. Right. That that's cool. I accept that one. But they, hold on. What? What? He was gonna go camping with the kids, right? Sure. So, in the grand scheme of the lay, the layout of the, you know, he's packed up to go camping. Sure. With the kids, his gunshots in the guns, his shotguns, shotguns in, the in the back, back seat. with the kids. Well, maybe, maybe he. I don't know. I, I mean, no, yeah, it, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. The shotgun would be in the back seat with the kids. Yeah, but nonetheless, it was the nineties. Let's go. You guys have defended the residence movie. I don't know why you're picking that apart. I mean, fucking why not? <laughs> so I got yeah. some booze in me now. Uh, he shoots the trunk open, and inside the trunk. Flo is inside the trunk, but not just inside the trunk. She's inside the trunk inside of a suitcase. I've seen those Didn't suitcases. Her- you can't fit a human being in that you unless wait, it's burning. Wait, he took her out. Too. There, there's a shot where he takes her out in the suitcase. And she's screaming, right? Out of the no. house. Oh, I thought that was no. No, he puts, no, her, in- he puts her in the back seat. Then she takes the gag off. He puts her in a suitcase in the trunk. Okay. You can fit a human being into a suitcase. Uh... <laughs> I've seen, I've seen and watched enough of the, you know, like. I only and, remember Bernie from Part Two being in a suitcase, they're, they're, and he was stuffed in there. I used to be a big like forensic files, and okay. fucking ID. Yeah, but that all sounds like dead know, bodies that are okay with being crushed and broken and everything. You can it's still, a live human being. You can still fit a goddamn body in it without dismembering it. Crushed and broken. And, and Yasmin Bleeth. That's not Yasmin no, Bleeth. What the fuck's her name? No, her her name is a- Amy. Amy <laughs> Aspic. Yes. Uh, Flo. Yes. She's petite enough to fit in there. She's got got no wreck. Even though Kramer seemed to see through it. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, too much on that one. Um, Kramer hits a bump. The suitcase flies up in the air and Convenient. they catch it on the roof of their car. They don't even know that she's in it um, until she immediately starts yelling and he's like, Flo? And then he and they hit a bump. Off. And <laughs> no, you don't push it off. They, I would they push hit it a off. bump. And it, she falls over um, an underpass and into the back of a uh, steak bed that has uh, pigs in it. Well, and she drives away. That's very convenient. It would have been a lot bloodier had she hit the oh, yeah. pavement. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's lucky in this movie. Yes. Um, uh, the car crashes, uh, does, a, does a spin move up in the air, crashes down. The cops come. They try to arrest Michael Richards, but not before he grabs one of their guns. Shoots John Ritter in the chest, and then um, you get a tender, soft, touching moment from Junior, who's like, I love you, don't die, and you're like, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> um, he calls him dad. Yeah. And, Daddy. Yeah, he calls him dad, and then and then he's like, oh my god, uh, my father's campaign button, it must have saved me, and he's like, well, wait, no, because it went through that. It's cheap, yeah. <laughs> cheap shit, yeah. right? Uh, and pulls out the prune, and the prune is what actually stopped the bullet from going into his chest. And I'm just over here, like my eyes sunk into the back of my skull at this point. And <laughs> when he's like, <laughs> there's a lot of hatred on this te- one for te- me. He tells the cops, like, it's okay. He hit me in the prune. He hit me and, in the prune. And the cops, like, good enough for me. They just left. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the movie just roll like roll credits. 
and it has a re- extremely annoying uh, title sequence theme song. Well, you didn't even mention the, one of the funniest parts of this movie. I don't what know. Ha- like, what with the another that, urine movie? At the back of that truck. Oh, I didn't even care. That was funny. Why I don't care what the, the pig's ass farting in her face. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm understanding now. Like it's it just the just, toilet humor. Guy. Well, the thing is, it's just so over the it's top. It's shocking for him. I know it is because he's so high. He's so yeah. highbrow on yes. everything else, but and he dick, loves I need, I just dick fart and shit. cum yeah. jokes. Well, exactly. I, I, I need to some balance in my life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So that was problem child, um, gentlemen. Just, we do a little thing here uh, called the W's, basically, like. Who would who would you recommend this to? Why would you recommend this? Like, uh, go through the W's. Who, what, where, when, and why? Adam? Every every single child in America needs to watch this film. <laughs> I can't take you seriously. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think this movie will come out nowadays. Uh, so that's why I'm curious about this reboot that I just read about. It's been in development for a few <sighs> years now, but it's still happening. Okay, so but they're not going to make the racial jokes. They're not going to have the uh, sexual aggression nope. happening. God damn it! And see, that's that's what the worst part is. The world we live in now, everyone's so fucking sensitive to where if they did like a real like, oh, I'm selling to the Japs, fucking, they're getting their ass sued off. Like, it's not going to be the real goddamn thing. Okay, so. The thing is, this, <laughs> what? Go on, man. They should probably leave it alone. Absolutely. Um, like I mean, it's four percent on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, don't. Mock I mean, there's on the it. one thing is there's some really good laughs. This movie. Don't watch it if you uh, are looking for a sentimental message. No, not at all. Yeah, no uh, sentimental anything. And you also have to keep in mind. I have this problem. Showing some things to my girlfriend who was born in 1993 is the fact that you need to be under a certain mindset when you watch films what, like on this, drugs? In this era. <laughs> no, well, you, you have to keep in mind you're not going to find masterpiece here because there's a lot of gross out humor and things like that in this film. It's just like when you watch a really bad horror movie, and we talked about this earlier because uh, apparently some assholes on YouTube don't like Cuckoo Man too. They don't realize that you're supposed to make fun of films and like it's bad on purpose hook man 2 was never meant to be a serious fucking film right that is exactly my but point that's not this they, movie yeah well they're all caught in between that that, that was the issue <sighs> i don't stop know touching that, i think you stop touching uh, i think uh, i'm touching <laughs> i think i think this movie falls victim to multiple uh disagreements and uh you know uh, there was a conflict of interest and and writing and you know all sorts of things and it shows it shows and um would i recommend this absolutely not i well, I have great I got great news for you though what you don't see that in the sequel that we're going to do okay that that's even more like gross out here or whatever the top stuff right that's but true see, there's, there's a love story involved but I would it's not understand, i would understand where the sequel like kind of zeroes in understanding what you need whoever to... did like it what its audience is now because they bring in the love stone what stone there's a stone the love stone yeah it's a giant statue thing it's a oh, dude, it's gonna blow your fucking mind oh god you guys are way too fan <laughs> fan crazy for this movie. Well, again, like we saw this really, really often in the '90s. I mean, it was all in USA all the fucking time. Ugh. I don't remember having it on VHS. I'll but... say, I, I will say it. It lost a little bit of its luster, but upon watching it, you you see the scene. You fucking know exactly what's going to happen. You you see the the fucking 
as soon as they go in the the store, you know, the little kids trying to buy the canteen, they're playing baseball. You know, Junior's gonna go fucking crazy with a bat. You know, you every scene that you see, if you watched as a kid, it you know the scene. So I mean. It, it could be a big old piece of shit for some people, but for the people that watched as kids, you remember it. Like it carries on with you. Bad, good, doesn't matter. Like it's memorable. That means that means something. When a lot of the shit we watch, like <laughs> there's "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episodes that we watch. We clearly watched them as kids, but they weren't good enough to fucking, you know, stay in your memory. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess for, for me, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it to plenty of people. Okay. I just, I found the child irritating. I found everybody. That's kind of the like, point. Yeah, but beyond, <laughs> like, there's a difference between, like, when I watch, like, you're, you're the Dennis the Menace him. 90s movie. Or I watch. Oh, God. Yeah. That's awful. It's in that same realm. I hate that kid. I hate this kid. The kid is not enjoyably evil or bad he is just annoying in this way of of yeah you want him to get sent back to the orphanage that's the whole point you don't don't know if the movie caught that point the dennis the menace uh thing the only part that kid was endearing the only part that made me laugh was when they fed christopher lord all those fucking beans and then that key gets lost you you never like he finds he finds the key but he also is handcuffed with his pants up. Sure. So how the fuck does he find the key? I don't know. That's a whole different movie. So, uh, yeah, that just about does it. Uh, gentlemen, you have anything to plug? Okay, check out our Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. It's called We're Not Afraid of the Dark. It is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker, wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, John Young was on uh, two episodes of ours for season two. Absolutely. Hoping to have Jared on for you guys at, at one point. It's a whole nother bag of bag of laughs there. Like, like his humor is like on a whole nother level. Like, he sees things that I never see, and vice versa. So very good. Hopefully, we can do that. Um, anything else? Yeah, I still need to go through your damn list for this podcast here. No, well, yo, yeah, we'll do that off air. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not having you go through eleven hundred movies on air. Well, uh, I was going to read them all and then just t- talk about each one for a brief minute. Um. <sighs> Yeah, I feel like we. How That's about how about idea. we go ahead and uh, we we leave that in suspense. Yeah, good idea. Okay. Especially because this podcast episode is actually longer than the movie. Hey, that's that's kind of typical for us. It's fine. Yeah, I I do not put limits on what people have to say. I do not stifle oh, creativity thing I, I, well, like Universal did with this movie. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> one more tidbit here. Yeah, on Google. For Google users, eighty five percent liked this movie. So maybe it was just those assholes around Tomato. I don't. Are you talking about like Google Plus users? Because there's like five of them. Yeah, everybody wants to Google. Um. Yeah. So uh, as always, uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe uh, to Bombs Away. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Bombs Away Show. Contact us, write us a personal email. Tell me if you thought that I was too harsh on this film. 
because uh, I'm sure there's people like Adam and Ben out there who really have a soft spot for this film and kind of why I let it happen. <laughs> like I like a little controversy just as Adam does sometimes. So uh, if you disagreed with what I had to say and you want to defend Junior to the ends of the earth, please uh, write us, contact at bombsawayshow.com. Um, other than that, uh, I'd like to thank my guests, Adam and Ben Durham. And uh, please, please go check out our episodes uh, uh, on their show, We're Not Afraid of the Dark. Uh, you can look that up wherever podcasts are found, like Adam said. Uh, for Bonds Away, my name is Jonathan Young. We will see you next week. Other than that, uh, until next time. guys, John here from the Bonds Away Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about the place where we record. That's right, the Frida Cinema. What is the Frida Cinema? Well, it's a program of the Long Beach Cinematique here in California, and it serves Santa Ana and neighboring communities as a non-profit art house cinema dedicated to enriching, connecting, and educating communities through the art of cinema. But it's so much more than that. Guys, not only do they screen amazing films here, but they also hold out-of-this-world special events. And when we're talking about special events, we're talking about shadow casting. Shadow casting, if you don't know, is where actors perform in front of the movie that you're seeing. And they have costumes, and they're doing audience participation, and it is just an amazing event. The shadow casting that we do here is films such as Rocky Horror or Little Shop of Horrors, or Repo the Genetic Opera, or even The Forbidden Zone. Wow, The Forbidden Zone. Like, when's the last time you saw that? Or maybe shadow casting isn't your thing, but what about rooftop cinemas? That's right. Right on our rooftop, we do special screenings of throwback movies that you love, including Ghostbusters, or the current Beauty and the Beast, Guardians of the Galaxy, or even Jurassic Park. And that's not the only thing with these rooftop cinemas. They also have special people that show up, special guests, including the Orange County Ghostbusters and their vehicles and their costumes, or maybe Jurassic Park and the Jurassic Park Jeep. You ever gotten a photo with any of these things? I have, and it's because I was there at these events. So if you're looking for special events to go to or like out of this world, just crazy audience participation things like Scott Pilgrim and with lights and sound and like things that you've never even seen before. Go to the Frida Cinema. You can check out the Frida Cinema locations, filming, schedules and everything entertainment wise at www.thefridacinema.org. Or you can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefreedacinema and on Instagram and Twitter at thefreedacinema. The Frida Cinema, for the filmmakers, for the film goers, and for you. This has been a production of Big Bulb Entertainment, executive produced by Jonathan Young. For more media and information, visit us at www.bigbulbentertainment.com. Big Bulb, what's your bright idea? Yeah.